0: am always one half of your host, Triple D, and of course with me as always is.
1: Just Carlos D. What's good world?
0: How are you? How are you living?
1: Hey you know, blessed and highly favored, as they always say. I can't complain about much. Still living in a crazy COVID world with yeah. all the things that come with that. Um and then all the other non COVID related shenanigans that people are engaged in. So, you know, I just mind my black business and stay at home, stay out of everybody's way. That's that. all I can do.
0: I hear that. I'm gonna complain about the fact that summer really just like slid out on us, like on some hit it and quit it stuff. <laughs> like I feel like we, I really just woke up in the bed alone and it was cold outside. Yeah, and summer, very little transition. Summer ain't stay for breakfast, it ain't even kiss us goodbye. Like a thief in the night, summer just slid out of here and it's it's brisk outside and i was not prepared whatsoever
1: i swear it was no transition this year it was just one day it was hot warm and then after that it was the middle of fall and i don't think it's technically uh, i guess today is maybe the first day of fall well when we record this i think might be technically the first day of the fall but yeah goodbye summer we didn't get to enjoy you. So I guess was like, fuck it, y'all didn't do nothing with me anyway. Pretty much. Like, so no, I'm leaving. I'm not
0: trying, you know. I mean, it wasn't our fault. Damn. But here we are. And here we are. Back to re- recap another episode of Power Book 2 Ghost, Episode 3, Play the Game. How did, how did you feel about this episode before we dive in?
1: This was a good episode because, um, one... I think it was a good building episode meaning that some stuff did happen that advanced some of the plots but it felt like it was setting up a lot of long term stuff that's going to happen throughout at least the course of this first season Um, and then I I think I told you back in the first episode my new favorite family is the Tahada family I love them way much more than I like than I liked the um, (laughs) St. Patrick's so we got a big dose of them we got a little bit of their backstory we got a little bit of their dynamics um, and I enjoyed them much more than I did. Um, cause I think not that, you know, I feel like this was starting to finally be a new show. Cause at first, the first couple of episodes, I feel like it was just like a continuation of power. Like it was just season seven of power just without the main character Ghost. But with this one, they started to really branch off and show these other characters and giving them some own, their own personalities and their own histories and their own stories where it does really feel like a brand new show that may just include, some characters from another show. What'd you think of it?
0: Um, I, I agreed. Um, this wasn't the most dynamic of shows that we're used to from this series as a whole, uh, but it was still a solid show. This was, like you said, this was the "let's move some pieces around" episode, which I'm fine with. Um, I, I, I haven't seen too many reviews in general, but I know that once I finish this episode, this. My first thought was like, this is probably one of those episodes people are going to say is boring, when in actuality, it's not. There's a lot of world building, um, there's a lot of character um, building as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, getting us set into who is this person, and what is their motive. Right. Um, So yeah, as a whole, a solid episode, not not a whole bunch of fireworks, but you don't need fireworks in every single episode. Uh, So with that being said, um, you ready to dive in? Let's get it, man. All right, so we pick up this episode with uh, Kane and Drew on the morning shift, mm. uh, riding around, getting it, as the song says, uh, picking up, uh, picking up their their drops and everything, their money, and um, giving us the a dose of what, what's to be expected with these two, um, good cop, bad cop. It's obvious who the bad cop is, and uh, they did a good job of of giving Drew, this being Drew's episode, to really establish himself. We we get Kane and Diane. Is it Diane or Diana? I keep I keep interchanging them and I need to, I need to be better. I'm
1: going to say Diane. I got it written down as Diana, but I might have just been typing wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, but we, we get their uh, kind of a glimpse into their characters in the first two episodes, and they kind of not necessarily play Drew to the side, but uh, there's kind of not a lot of room it's Diana because uh, I have it playing it and it's at the scene where he gets a text message from her. It's Diana. Okay. Um, but this is, this was Drew's like, okay, he's, we, we get to see what he's about and kind of where his head's at. Um, how do you feel about, uh, the opening, the, the, the morning shift?
1: Right. I think this did give us a little bit of action. Um, that you you know the show wasn't full of action, but this gave us a little bit of some of that action that we saw where they were roughing up a guy. Um, but I think it, like you said, established Drew as the rational one of the Zahada brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how he stopped Kane from beating on the guy, um, but let him let the guy still know that like you know I'm stopping him now, but don't make us have to come back again. Showing that he, while well, isn't the attack dog that Kane is, I don't think he's above getting messy if it comes to that. But I think he'd rather be like more diplomatic about it. Uh, and like you were saying, it definitely showed a lot of more Drew in this episode. Because um, in the first episode, like you said, he basically did pay the background. Um, like he was barely in the first episode where he may have said a word or two to Tariq at the party. Um, and then in the last episode, they showed him briefly kind of at the dinner table when the uncle had came in. here to go to talk to the uncle, but he didn't really have a lot. You didn't really get to know a lot about his background or how even the other family members felt about him, which you got a lot of in this particular episode. Uh, so I think it was a nice, I don't think the the scene necessarily taught us anything different about the two of them, you know, as far as who is the loose cannon and who is the regular guy, but it did give Drew more of a place to shine or a place to kind of emerge as a character of his own as opposed to a guy who we kind of didn't even know if he was their brother, was he their cousin in the first couple episodes when people were kind of confused as to who this guy is.
0: Right. Uh, So that scene gives way to uh, Tariq Trying to work his way into that house, um, constantly, constantly, yeah, like hitting up Diana, like can I, can I come over, can I come through, and I think like it, it obviously goes to show, you know, and I, I don't know if ambition is the right word in this particular case, but like his his determination to get in with this family, but it almost made him look a little. I'm not going to say thirsty.
1: I think that's what the like. kids call it, thirsty. He look...
0: Well, I, that's the thing, though. I think he, he seems more meddling because of his motives. We know what his motives are. Mm-hmm. Now, if he was like, because he's obviously trying to get in with the family, but like I could see if he was trying to get, if he was trying to use the, the angle of her a bit more directly, as in I'm trying to see you, I'm trying to kick it with you. Then I think the way this played out would make him look thirsty. But like, he just seems kind of like, why does dude want to be in our business? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Monet picks up on that.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he was like, you know, I want to read Like, for one, what they did for him as a favor was like borderline criminal. I guess it is criminal to smuggle anything into a jail that doesn't belong in there. So don't be coming over here trying to thank me that I did a criminal act for you. I don't know you enough. For one, I didn't know you enough to do the favor for you to begin with. But I did it off the strength of you helping out um, Zeke. And for two, I don't need you coming back and thanking me for something legal. So he was just coming off as too, like you said, too forward as it comes to trying to get invites to the house. So it was was a little bit weird. I thought he would have a little bit more finesse when it comes to stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and who knows, maybe it's something he'll develop, um, which is... (laughs) kind of something we should not be looking forward to in this particular scenario but you know for the for the means of the story I mean we gotta we gotta hope he, he gets better at that um, so from there we go to the jail where McLean is, is done playing nice with Tasha uh, she's, she's really trying to plead her case that if she gets in front of a jury she will be able to sell that Ghost was the man in charge all this time which he was mm-hmm. like there's no denying that uh, but for her case's sake, um, Shane's you know, showing that he was really a monster, and all these things, and um, Davis ain't buying it. You know, he's already called her. You know, he he immediately calls her a liar, right? Because that's what she be doing. And um, it's not about the truth; it's about what you can prove to a jury. It's what you can sell to the jury. How do you feel about that back and forth?
1: Yeah, I mean, cause he he doing exactly what everybody else should have been doing throughout the time that the police interactions with, with Tasha is calling her out on her BS because she puts herself in these weird situations where she thinks she's slick, but it never really works out for her. Uh, and we kind of discussed this in the past where she's always thinking she's one step ahead, but she's really not as slick as she thinks she is. So he was just basically calling her out on her BS. Like, I barely know you and I don't believe any of this bullshit story you're telling me. Like you would have won who knew where the body was. You were the one that knew X, Y, and Z. So how are you going to tell me that you ain't have nothing to do with this? So how do you expect the jury to believe you had nothing to do with this when at the end of the day, you are the only one that's still alive and you're the only one that looks, uh, you know, one is missing, that's in the wind, the other person you're trying to blame it on, and the other one is in the ground. So mm-hmm. it's hard to be the victim when you are in the best position of everybody that, that was involved in this criminal enterprise. But, it, I mean, but she did kind of badger him and badger him and say, you know, she wanted to be put on the stand. And he basically was like, okay, I'm going to give her, and you know, we'll find out like later in the scene that he was going to give her exactly what she was looking for and see how it plays out. So I like how he kind of flipped it back on her to make her think she's still in charge, even though, you know, she's not. not.
0: Yeah. So that gives way to Tariq Steady Late. I, I can't. I can't judge too much because I. I was horrible in my eight AM class. I met
1: a lot of people were, but like, sneak into a room when it's th- those big ass auditor, big ass auditorium classrooms when it's 75, 80 students in there. There's eight people in this room. How you going to sneak in, bro?
0: And you like the you like the the second or third black guy, right? Like, <laughs> this is not this is not working out. Like, what is what is going on with you?
1: Always um, trying to creep.
0: And then, like, I, I don't, I'm wondering if, how long are we gonna keep having these academic battles between him and his, his professors? Um, I, I enjoy the fact that they, they, they showcase how intelligent Tariq is, but I hope it just doesn't become like this, this sort of running thing where it's just like, every episode we get him going toe to toe with a professor over his view because this was the one particular time where I didn't feel like he was necessarily, well, no, let me, let me rephrase this. I'll just be blunt with it. He came off a little too cocky Mm -hmm. with this one. Like you already late for one, you know, tone down the, the bravado just a little bit, but like, just, it's one thing to, to, to express how you feel about the book. And you know, kudos to him for actually finishing it for once. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're always entitled to your own opinions, but like, he kind of started the whole thing off a little bit as if like, nah, you know, yeah, I'm late, but this was this was beneath me, right? And it, it was a little too cocky. He made some valid points, and a couple of the lines that that he stated in his uh, in his summary definitely kind of fit. The, the running theme of this show. And one of which was um, that Socrates was a victim of his own hubris, mm-hmm. um, which is the downfall of a lot of characters in this series. Including Ghost, a lot the biggest characters. character. Most, most depth. Uh, Tasha, that's how she ended up in jail. She thought she thought she was that smart. And, you know, she thought she had it all locked up and was sloppy. Um, Tommy's been played by his hubris many a time. Of course. Uh, I-
1: and Go I think ahead. I think that's why um, they are doing a lot of these college scenes because every book they've read so far does kinda um, correspond to characters on the show or situations on the show. So I think we are gonna get a lot more of these classroom scenes, especially when they keep give us giving us storylines unrelated to, to excuse me, unrelated to Tariq, but that still involve people at the school. And we'll talk about, you know, that those scenes down at, towards it later in the, this episode. But we have scenes now that have nothing to do with Tariq, but have solely to do with the co- the college professors um, and their involvement. So I think we're going to get a lot more of this. I think they really are doing what we talked about in like episode one, kind of a mix between the wire and um, different world, different world. Yeah. where we are going to get a lot of this college stuff because they're trying to balance out the street stuff, the drug stuff, his criminal stuff with also he's remember his ultimate goal while he is making money to help his mom, his mom and everything is still to get through college as fast as possible so he can get the big prize which is access to Ghost's um, fortune or whatever, whatever that fortune may be we, we still already know how much Ghost was worth at the end um, yeah. but to get access to that
0: um, that scene leads to uh, an interesting an interesting choice I don't know if this this I don't know if this is writing or what, but uh we get Lauren putting her bid in, and then Tariq awkwardly sidestepping it, like he just immediately breaks the conversation and uh runs off to go text Brayden. There was no—he always running off
1: though, yeah, but texting was, somebody.
0: But that was—that's the thing. In in previous episodes, he gets a text first, right? For whatever reason, like he just like completely doesn't acknowledge it. For real, for real. And just dips out on her, which to which you see her reaction. She's blown, right. which anybody, male or female, is going to be blown in that situation. But Yeah, uh, when you put I yourself out gonna,
1: there, nobody likes rejection.
0: Yeah, right. And, yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that comes back up. So, meanwhile, in jail, <laughs> uh, Tasha is making moves, but also being watched.
1: Right. The creepy, random. This was, this was an interesting scene because the lady the lady it does make a good point. Because I I didn't realize this was just like a transition jail. I thought this was... Well, I guess we should have because she's technically not convicted of anything. She was being held on bail. Um, but this is like a transition jail. So making friends there, while could, while it can be helpful, like the lady was saying, it's not really a priority because most people are just kind of... Just like in a stopping point. We're just kind of going on our way either back home because we innocent or to another jail down the line. But it's never bad to make friends. Um, but the biggest part of the scene, of course, is we see a guy randomly spying on her or taking pictures of her. And at that time, we don't know who he is.
0: Right. We also see that female guard is... Petty guard is onto her.
1: Right. She knows she's full of it.
0: Right. So, we find out that uh, Lorenzo's connected. Like, he... He's got somebody, which in the grand scheme of things, like does this mean that Lorenzo is also in a in a bus stop type jail too?
1: I don't think so. I think he's convicted because I think when Tariq was reading the article, and I may be wrong, back in episode one, it said he got life. Like he, he was convicted and got life in jail. But it seemed like they were in the exact same jail because the right. guy didn't walk very far to get to, I guess the male and the females are housed in the same kind of complex, but on different wings or whatever. So he didn't go right. far. Um, yeah. but I thought he was convicted and was serving, you know, serving his sentence. Yeah. But we definitely see that he definitely got the juice. I mean, he's in there playing dominoes with COs. He got right. coronas in his cell, and not the corona we fighting, like the beer. And he just living it up in jail, uh, as much as you can, I guess. You know, while oh. serving a life sentence, possibly. Yeah. Um.
0: Like it's wild. Like the the scene is playing. There's. The the guard in the back is leaning, with a leg crossed. <laughs> like uh, Lorenzo is connected now. I, I'm interested to see the the backstory if we get any on uh on his character.
1: Yeah, it'd be good to see if if they you know because they are starting to develop a little bit more about the Tahada family in general. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll give an episode like dedicated to it, but maybe they'll give a little bit more some flashbacks or feedback as to you know how him and monet got together or how what was his criminal i mean clearly we know he's involved in drugs uh similar to what i guess uh ghosts and them were involved in as well all the kind of stuff that come along with being a street person Uh, but we don't know the full extent of as to what his dealings were on the streets Now, I said but we do know at least enough from this that he definitely has power still within the jail cell and even though Monet is technically in charge on the street, he's still calling the shots um from behind the bars.
0: Yeah. So this is um we get our our first sort of like family I guess. I don't know. orders being being given out. Right. Um and we, we kind of skipped over this a little bit but we find that uh some cat Lil guap mm-hmm. which I, I'm fine I'm perfectly fine with them being super lazy on this guy's name because that's kind of how it's gotten in the real world just a bit uh, he's he's out flashing he's out he's out flexing publicly and he he's possibly drawn in too much heat right and uh monet and Kane they want it taken care of they want it they want it cut off they want them cut off and they want it over. Uh, Lorenzo, of course, is like, nope, his dad took a bullet for me, so I I owe him. Right. Um, So the obvious choice, the clear choice, usually in a scenario like this, is you send your pit bull, you send Kane. Uh, But we find that Lorenzo doesn't want Kane to go, he wants Drew to take care of it. And that was initially my first thought of like, okay, this is just more of the, the, just stamp that Drew is the level headed one which I mean it's obvious anyone can clearly see that you know all these kids are are more level headed than Kane but um, this also put in the into the works of a theory of mine that usually I say these for the end I don't think Kane is his I'm not saying that you can't have um, did they say they were Dominican
1: Puerto Rican I think
0: Puerto Rican not saying you can't have dark skinned Puerto Ricans but just the dynamic between the the two parents and Kane I think I think Kane might not be his, and I think Lorenzo might know it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely have you know dark skin Puerto Ricans. I guess Puerto Rican, you know, Puerto Rican's is not a race; it can be any kind of shape and thing. Right. Uh, but they, remember, Mary J. Blige is their mother, and right. even Diane said they are half black and half Puerto Rican when um, she met Tariq at the party back in the day. They To me, none of the other three kids really have you know a half Hispanic vibe to them. They just look like three black people. But we know that Puerto Ricans can come in any shape and colors. There's no like set color to a Puerto Rican. But they're not what you see, the typical Puerto Rican. Like the Puerto Rican that you see on the TV show when they say, oh, I'm a Puerto Rican character. They normally yeah, yeah, yeah. lighter, curly hair, yeah, and all I'm that not, kind of stuff.
0: I'm not even fully going off of complexion. Like, not not directly. Um, Drew has a has a hint of an accent, uh-huh. um, and Diane and the in her introduction, there's a there's an even tinier hint of an accent. But like, it's just something, and it's just something about the way Lorenzo talks about Kane and Drew. Is just like, it it, it it comes up later that like Kane is clearly unpredictable, and that would obviously going to anyone's decision making but it's just something about the fact that he wants Drew to be the one in charge like so heavy
1: Well, have you ever seen um like the Godfather? I have not okay well the Godfather is a similar situation not exactly but you know the Godfather is about this mafia family and they have similar brothers well they're three brothers and a sister in the, in the Godfather so there is Sonny who is like Kane. He's like a hot-headed, he's a nut. He wants to be the next, the Godfather is the boss of the Mafia family, this particular Mafia family. So he wants to be the next Godfather. He wants to be the head of the Mafia. He's a loose cannon. He's a nut. He'll beat people. He'll shoot people. He always wants to go to war. So that's kind of that. There's a brother, uh, Fro, uh, I think his name is Fro, Is it Fro, Fredo. He's like the knucklehead brother, like the dummy. Nobody likes him nobody, the father, he's involved in the family business, but the father knows he's an idiot, so he can never be it, and then there's Sonny, not Sonny, Michael, Michael is like, the will be like the Drew in this scenario, uh, but except in the Godfather, they don't really want Michael involved in the family business, they want him to be like a straight-laced guy, but he, end up, he ends up becoming the Godfather, because he's the most level-headed one, he's the one who thinks, it's not always just action, 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 violence, 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 so I, that's kind of the vibe that it's giving me, is that Kane wants to be heavily involved in this stuff and wants to be the man but it's too unpredictable he can't be that person because he's he's ready to flip it at a moment's notice so the dad knows this so the dad knows he's good for protecting the business but he shouldn't be running the business because he just don't got a rational mind so your theory could be right but I think it's more leaning into that kind of theory is that Drew is level headed Drew will, wants to be more of a diplomat than, than a warrior where all Kane knows is war, war, war. Hmm.
0: I I could totally see both both ends of that. Um, so meanwhile, back on campus, Zeke is doing what I feel like we all probably saw coming at some point. He's hitting up Tariq with with last minute assignments uh, while Tariq is actually doing his work. Right. Um, and you know Zeke kind of plays off the like I've been busy, uh, which at first glance it's like. You know, he is a he is a college athlete, and they do have crazy schedules. Not that that's an excuse, because there's tons of other college athletes that do more. But you know, uh, TV. Um, and Tariq let you know, let's him know. Like, look, you got to do some of the work, bro. You know, you gotta you gotta at least try. You gotta put right. in some effort. Um, but we also get the. The letdown that uh, yeah, uh, Monet don't want you around for a while. Like mm-hmm. things is kind of hot. Uh, we appreciate you know what you're doing for me here, but we gotta we gotta keep uh, school and fam separate. How'd you feel about that?
1: Uh, I mean, Tariq was right. Uh, Zeke was Zeke made it seem like Tariq was just supposed to do his work for him. Uh, but what and Tariq probably could do that if he was working like a regular schedule. But with this advanced thing, there's no way he can do it. So Zeke needs to kind of, and I'm surprised. Like Tariq would have been bossing up on people who are way bigger than him this season. So I feel like, I feel like he would like approach that a little bit more cautiously because I think Zeke could like beat his ass if he really wanted to. Yeah. Um. But the way he was talking to him, he was like, "Man, fuck that. I can't be doing all this. I ain't doing my own work, bro. You can't be telling me at the last minute because I got work just like you got work. And if I get flunked, not, uh, flunked out of here, then what does that leave you? But in my mind, I'm thinking like. You know, Tariq, it's like you're not the only smart kid in this school. Like they'll just give him another tutor, right? (laughs) But Zeke doesn't need to know that. So I like how he kind of played that part with like you know letting them know that we because he did the same thing with Kane. We invested. Like I'm invested in your family and your education as much as I'm invested in my own, and you got to be invested vice versa. Because if one of us go down, then we both could possibly go down. So I like how he kind of went back to that. And then I'm not surprised. You know, Monet already felt kind of uneasy. I would assume she felt uneasy like about anybody trying to get close to her family, and even if she, even if they weren't a drug family, if they if they just had a, a star college player who could possibly go pro, I would limit that anybody trying to get too close to him. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see why she did that, and you know I kind of like Tariq trying to play it off like he wanted to date the, the cousin, um, but Z kind of shut it down I was like you yeah, know Monet Monet is not allowed not Monet Monet doesn't allow Diane to date Diana to date. So it was a nice where scene. Um, I, I, I I I want I want I am curious to see what's going to happen when inevitably I'm, I'm tongue tied today when they do start that path of Tariq actually you know trying to date her because he is eventually going to be trying to date her. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out.
0: Yeah. So this scene gives way to Tasha being ambushed and uh, taken to jury prep, yeah. which was a, a fun. And interesting scene um, like you said she thought she was in, in control of this whole scenario but she's not Dave's like all right you you want your shot here we go prove it prove to these these 12 strangers that you can do this um, and like I said earlier like tasha doing the same thing like too cocky
1: mm-hmm.
0: like too cocky unwilling to to take Advice from her lawyer, who's done this, and is genuinely has you know kind of her best interest, um, and just, but that cockiness gives way to the next scene, and I, you know we're gonna we're gonna kind of cover it all at once. Okay. Uh, the the our two dope boys, uh, Tariq and Brayden, kind of going over their plan to pretty much get these get these uh, prescription sheets and get those filled out so they, you know, they can check them out and sell them. And Brayden's cocky. Like it was a lot of victim of their own hubris. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it, the the seeds are being planted now. Um how did you feel about those two lead-up scenes?
1: Oh yeah, like like you know, Tasha was just kind of her getting dolled up. So I, I was happy they gave her a new wig and all cuz them them struggle brace was kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. Um and as far as Brayden, I think that's just rich. You know, white boy privilege. Where he thinks he's untouchable. Like, who else would be bold enough to sneak into that doctor's office and steal a bunch of prescription pads, and then know how to fill them out enough that you can get some drugs um, all in one thing? And like, it's no big deal. Like, it's nothing to do. So that's just showing that um, you know his cocky, I can't be touched attitude. But I think it's ultimately going to trip trip him up down the line, and it's going to come back and bite Tariq in some kind of way. He' gonna get busted doing something weird. Or something out of control, uh, and we're gonna see how how Tariq, how quickly he flips on Tariq, and because I, I think that's definitely coming down the line.
0: I can see that. I hope it, I, it feels a little too on the nose-ish, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they'll give us something different. You know, maybe 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 Braden g's up. And, and takes like a big hit for Tariq or something like that. But, you know, time will tell. Mm-hmm. Time will tell. So meanwhile, back at this mock trials with uh, Scowling juror number one, this one <laughs> dude, as soon as that scene cut, this black dude sitting on the end, he looks so disgusted. Like, I had to rewind it because I, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. But, like, he just looked just so pissed like this. Is she is lying. I, I already know about the <laughs> – mm-hmm. I already know how I'm voting. I don't need to hear anymore. But um, we get we get a really good scene where uh, Tasha does a a great job of painting this picture Uh, that that story of her hiding the gun while she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to whether or not that was true. Right. Or if her being her was just like, give me the gun, I'll hide it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, it was it was done. It was done really well. And it also showed that like Davis is good at improvising on the fly. Because I honestly thought he was just going to hang her out there to dry. Um, He, of course, does not do this because um, he has has someone for that. Uh, What did you think about that in uh, her round one?
1: I was trying to get to um, see how much of this. I will be curious to how much of that story was real. I guess we'll never really know. Because it was giving us a nice little background into the early days of Tasha and Ghost. Like we found out, she was nineteen when they met. We found out she was, uh, I guess, in accounting school for a little bit. She had a dreams to be a singer, and then he just kind of, kind of pulled her out the hood and took her to um, the penthouse. I'm still trying to figure out how old Ghost is, though. Yeah. Cause I feel like they made it seem like he kind of went straight from high school to like out on the block, and that he met her kind of early. So maybe he's only around the same age as her. Cause I guess she would be about. Thirty-five, thirty. I don't say because I don't even know how old Tyree gets at this point. Um, but if she was nineteen when she met him, twenty when she had the kids, she had to be almost forty. But she doesn't come up, come across as forty because I guess the actresses aren't that close. I think the actress is only like 33, 34 in real life. But anyway, um, I liked it. I think I like how I gave a little backstory, whether real or fake, about um, early Ghost and Tasha's relationship. Um, and I thought she did do a good job of kind of convincing the jury. Because at first I was like, damn, she got this in a bag. So maybe it was just good acting by um, the Tory in this particular scene. But I I, I kind of was kind of falling for it um, before, you know, before we get to the second scene of it. I was kind of like, damn, maybe she can pull this off. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely a win for Tasha in that particular moment.
0: Yeah. So from there, we're making our way to this basketball game <laughs> that we will see no parts of. Nope. Uh, but we get a nice – we get an interesting – Conversation between Monet and Diane, and we get the revelation not revelation, but we get the reveal that Monet was just as good as Zeke at basketball. Well, Diane, we would Dar- yeah, yeah. Diana, Diana or whatever Diana, it is, Diana uh, was just as good as Zeke at basketball and, and could have gone somewhere on a scholarship as well. Um, and we get the immediate shutdown by Monet that nope, you belong to this family, and all that you do. Will be for this family. Not right. that she couldn't do that in college, but she because of a because of blood she she belongs to the life
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: super messed up. I was How getting, you feel about that. I was so
1: confused by the scene because it was like at the same time it doesn't seem like Monet wants to give her a power position in the family. Like she doesn't let her go on errands with the boys. She doesn't, of course, want to get her on the, uh, the rough part of it. So, what is she grooming her for exactly if, like, what position is she ultimately supposed to be playing? So, um, you know, I understand. I, I didn't understand it. Like, I understand you want your daughter close to you maybe because you just want her close to you. And mm-hmm. some mothers find it hard to let go of people, uh, even if it just something as small as going off to college. But the way that they treat her, it doesn't seem that, that she is necessarily considered equal to the boys. Um, but maybe I'm just kind of misleading it or reading it wrong. So I, I'm, I'm curious to what Monet's future goal is with Diana. She won't let her go to school. She won't let her play ball. Uh, and basically the point she was like, well, women only make like $75,000 if they make anything. It ain't no point if you, go, if you go pro, if you even make it to that point. And the girl was like, shooting it down. yeah, she was like, you know, I just, you know, why can't I go and have my life? You know, like everybody else. Um, so I'm curious to see what Monet's. Ultimate long-term goal is for Diana. Hopefully, we get to get that one day. Yeah.
0: So, uh, real quick, we get the revelation that um, yes, he ain't been cleared to play because the whole time up before <laughs> the next scene, I'm like, why they come to this game to watch him sit on the bench in a suit? Uh, but we, of course, realize find out that they didn't know that he was still on uh, academic suspension or probation, one of the two. Um, so we get the quick conversation between um, Diana and, and Tariq. And one, we get Monet giving Tariq the cold shoulder, mm-hmm. which, you know, that that's part of the game. And two, uh, we get Tariq. This is where the finessing comes in. Uh, he, he tries to give her the, the tools to try and work her way into getting what she wants out of her family.
1: Right. You know, basically telling her, you know, tell her what she wants to hear as opposed to necessarily your own opinion on it, which is something he seemed to have learned from Lauren. If you go back to the scene when they were in the classroom, when she was basically saying, look, we got, we, I know you got opinions. Your opinions are good, but we always got somebody to please or somebody we got to feed into. Um, So it's good that we learn to, giving to other people's hubris and massage their egos as opposed to to get what we want, as opposed to having our opinions so strong and being so bullheaded that we end up cutting ourselves or, you know, hurting ourselves and not getting our ultimate goal. Yeah. And then real quick about that scene where the coach was telling him he wasn't playing. I'm sorry. I would never believe. And I know it ain't a race thing because, you know, white boys, white dudes can play basketball just as good as some black guys. But I will never pass that white guy that they had playing that role, the the sparmy white guy, as a starting good shooting guard on any. I don't care if it's the worst college basketball team in the country. He was little, scrawny. I did not believe it. They, I think they just got a white guy you wanted to just punch in the face because he just had one of those faces just yeah. to kind of be arrogant. I but mean, they could have, they could have casted that better. Make me mad. I, I
0: don't know. I got uh I got a Grayson Allen vibe from the dude. Um I was like, yeah, you probably you might be all right on the floor, but A uh,
1: Grayson Allen least uh, is like 66.
0: Six. Yeah, I mean.
1: That I, dude I I was so little and scrawny. I don't think
0: anybody in that locker room was over 62, so you know, I'll, Ivy League school, you know, fictional. Maybe. But I feel you. They they could have they could have grabbed some actual tall people um for, for this, I'm sure. My like, bad. My bad.
1: That was just a tangent I was on.
0: Oh uh, no, it's all good. He annoyed me. <laughs> all good. I guess he
1: did his job well because he definitely annoyed me.
0: Yeah. And who knows? We're probably we might be seeing more of him, which I don't know if we need um Zeke's basketball storyline. Like outside of dialogue. Like I don't know if we need to see him going back and forth with this dude. Unless they're they're planning a, a way to set him up or something like that.
1: I don't know. But like I said, that technically that scene already had very little to do with Tariq. We could have just known that, you know, Tariq didn't do enough to get him to play without having all having that scene with uh, the kid giving him all that stuff in the locker room, and then also the later scene when they had the press conference. None of that has anything really to do with Tariq yeah. or anything to do with the Power Universe, but they still put it into the storyline. And I'm hoping one day they kind of explain why, as we as we kind of get into the the later episodes, maybe it reveals itself as to why we need to know this and it's not just show filler.
0: So from there, um, meanwhile, back in the dorm, somehow uh, Epiphany <laughs> then talked her way into the dorm room with uh, one of the oldest looking college students I've ever seen.
1: Might have been a graduate student. You never know.
0: Yeah. We're we going to talk about grad students later on in this episode. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Hilarious.
1: Hilarious. I, like, I like how Epiphany is just a team player, though. Like yeah. she'll sell drugs for you. She'll pretend to give lap dance and hold people hostage for you. She's just real loyal to her bosses, and I I respect that out of her. Nothing else. Yeah. I... And she's funny. Yeah. She makes me laugh. Yeah.
0: She's hilarious. Um, but like, <laughs> I like how dude is just—he's completely taken off guard, as you're supposed to be in a scenario like this. Uh, but he's being polite, and he's like, you know what, I. It, this might be my lucky day I'm gonna I'm go I'm gonna go sat down I'm gonna do I'm gonna let you do what you do but it's just it, hilarious that she fakes this phone call and you can only assume that she just stays there for however long and he never gets he right. just stays there handcuffed
1: of talking to her man for two hours while he just like can you let me go lady and she just like oh, in a minute honey in a minute and right. just ignoring him
0: and I also like the fact that it's it's implied. Um, she distracted him. They moved the weight. Right. We didn't necessarily need to see it. They can save that scene for another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he, he gets played. Poor guy. So, as we discussed earlier, Drew is sent on a, a diplomatic mission uh, with his backup, his unknowing backup, waiting in the wings. Good mm-hmm. cop, bad cop. And um, we get our introduction. Our inter- now I'm tongue tied. Our introduction to Lil Guap. Uh, what'd you think of his introduction and his uh, his inability to get it? A- In fact, we we've been talking like him. I can't even I can't even clown him because I definitely been um, getting my little guap on with not being able to find my words. Right. What'd you think about that? Yeah, he had his
1: little uh, I guess it was his translator or whatever she was. I don't know. if She like his girlfriend or what? But she was kind of finishing the sentence uh and i think this was kind of like just kind of making little guap kind of like the knuckleheads that we consider of today's world because believe it or not a lot of people are engaged in a lot of criminal activity and for some reason they love to post this on instagram they love to post them with you know thousands of dollars of unexplained income or guns or even drugs and they make it seem like cops don't have access to instagram for some reason i guess that's their thought process but All you're really doing is just basically telling on yourself. At that point, you don't even need anybody else in your crew to get busting a snitch. You're telling on yourself, and Little Guap doesn't seem like he has the, I guess, brains to be really the head of a. um, I can think they call the GTGs. He's like the head of this because he's too busy worried about being famous as a instead of worried about just doing what his job is, and that's to make some money, keep it low key, um, and stay out of prison. So, you know, the Sahara's has a right to think that he may not be able to stand up to it. Um, and I like Drew's approach to it. You know, he, he, yeah. he kind of tried to be diplomatic, kind of kind of sweet talk them, big them up, feeding into his his, um, you know, want for attention. Um, and I think he might have handled it completely if Kane hadn't shown up. So I don't think Kane gave him a chance to kind of finish it, um, even though it was kind of turning into a negative place. Um, when he had smacked the, the camera out of his face and made the the rude comment about his mom,
0: yeah, yeah, um, I I agree. Like, I really like how how Drew played this. Like, I, I was like, okay, this is what's up. Like, um, I I wouldn't mind. I could see Drew being the 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 ghost of their family. Like, not necessarily having to be on on the on the street level, but like, he's a smooth talker. He's, you know, he can be polite, but also get his point across. And you could see that he was also kinda like, he was also kinda like, he he has the ability to 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 Jedi mind trick cats. Cause mm-hmm. he, he had them when he was like, you know, she wanted to give you your props and everything. Right. Clearly she didn't, but like, that's that usually doesn't work with, well no, it can work, it can work, but you know, you got a, a straight up knucklehead who reckless is their first language you know mm-hmm. it's their first instinct and that's where that that whole thing you know kind of went left um but i like the fact that you know he drew was still ready you know he, he didn't back down he wasn't afraid to 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 you know turn up a little bit but uh we get the grim the grim reaper walking through and everyone knew before he took that hood off that uh things had gotten serious
1: right And you saw how like his reputation is clearly known because as soon as he showed up in that hood little guap got to apologize and they're like yo it's no big deal we were just having a little fun. Uh, My problem with Kane is that he took it too far because he made his point. Just showing up was enough to kind of shut everybody down or make everybody like chill out but then he had to start busting his ham off like for no real reason other than just just, I guess like they were already scared you didn't have to take it to the extra step
0: Especially after he laughed it off,
1: too. Yeah. So, you know, him doing that was what led to the police being called, which led to the foot chase. Uh, and Ramirez coming in and being a helpful fan to the family. Luckily, he was Dear like, luck. he, yeah, luckily, he was the one that got the call. Uh, luckily, he was the one that pulled that cop back right before uh, Kane was about to, you know, catch his third body in as many weeks. Right. Um. So I guess he is kind of showing his worth a little bit to Monet um, as they kind of talk about I think it was the very next scene they kind of talk about it. Or, that, or did I skip a scene? No,
0: nah, I think you're... Uh, well, the next scene is actually uh, Zeke making his choice of who he's going to be as a personality um, behind the camera. Uh, We're at the press conference. He just lets it known, like, I, I'm not... This is who I'm going to be. I'm not going to be that silent guy right? that, that just nods his head. Um, but there's this clearly... While it, I I totally agree with him sticking it to his teammate, coach was stressed. <laughs> coach was stressed out. No comment. He had to keep pushing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, as you did say, the the very next scene is Ramirez pretty much like, look, your boys almost got popped. Right. Luckily, and but you, as you you know, after everything you said, it's. It shows that this dude Ramirez actually does have Monet's back. He doesn't seem to have an ulterior motive that we know
1: of. Yeah, so far.
0: So far. But, like, he's, he genuinely cares about her. But, you know, because she's in this life, there's only but so much she can really give to him. But she can never give her all of what he wants.
1: Right. And, I, you know, I think he was just kind of, you know, showing that he do got appreciation and how she needs to kind of get herself free from these kids because they're going to lead to more police presence and more and more Um, and her response unfortunately was like you know at this time we can't lay low she can't afford to lay low yeah Uh, you know her business still got to move and right now GTG is the best means of well one of the best means of moving that product yep so in the
0: in the running theme of uh, hubris being your downfall, uh, we get round two of jury prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be prepared to be cross-examined, and who better?
1: I feel like Tamika about to get a check every episode. She somehow find a way to show up, man. Every episode.
0: This was this was Tamika's needed this scene since she popped up in the in the what season. Three or well, four, got four, five or three. Whenever mm-hmm. she took over, mm-hmm. she has needed this scene to just just start throwing up easy alley oops to herself and raining down dunks, right? Because that's that's all this scene was was her pretty much just shredding Tasha for the liar that she is, mm-hmm. and just oh my gosh, yeah,
1: just made it look like a complete fool. Ask all the questions that we have been asking as reviewers or recappers. Um, especially when it came to Terry Silver. You knew where the body was. You were having an affair with him. You wanted him out of the way. You had you had sex with him to get for your husband to get a chance to strike. You have all these nice things. How can you say, you know, you live in the penthouse. You're not some a, a battered, abused woman who was scared for her life or was cowering in fear. You was enjoying the life and all that came with it of being um, involved in this drug. Drug dealers or this drug family, and, and she tore up with ease, made her look like a fool. Um, and as we know, the jury came back, all 12 guilties
0: <laughs> When, if you get a chance, go back and watch that scene when Tamika walks over to the jury, mm-hmm. scowling jury, juror number one from earlier is giving her the, the little mini head. Now, it's like, Yeah, <laughs> you man, got her, <laughs> get getting her. Right I head. gotta Let's watch go, that next keep, time, keep going. Yeah, it's hilarious, but yeah, like you said, all of this stuff is warranted, and as much as. Tamika deserves this dunk fest Tasha deserves to get dunked on Mm -hmm. because she's been too full of herself and Davis is just you know like yep this this is what we knew this is what I knew like you're only partially capable of this um, because you're still one lying right two not that great of a liar Mm -hmm. Um, but this scene ends with Davis offering her like a spot on the roster like hey I can't. I can't do this without you, and I need you on this. Yeah, um, the new Black Dream Team. Exactly. This is his offer, right? But Tamika wants to be as far away from this as possible, and for with everything she's experienced, it's the smartest play, right? Because um, the- he even tried to like blackmail her. She don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? She wants nothing to do with this.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at her history with this, the St. Patrick family, nothing good has come with her from her involvement with it all they got her was a pink slip Uh, yeah all they got her was booted out of of her career as a prosecutor Um, and and back out I mean she's still doing well as a defense attorney I guess but nothing positive has come from any of these interactions with her she wasn't able to bust James Um, she got into being the scapegoat for all that so if I was her I'd be thinking the same thing I don't want nothing to do with this but I think Davis is going to find a way to lure her back in because even Paula uh who uh, we found out that was the investig- uh, we might already know her name but I didn't remember I I, I remember him being part of this this um episode it was basically like look let's let can we finally she got yeah. ate up she can we get too. the hell out of here yeah she's over it too and he was like nah, it's time to double down so i think he yeah. got a trick up his sleeve to get tamika back in the fold somehow yeah
0: cuz um in in his pitch he she pretty much let it know that like how did you know that I represented Sax and he pieced together that this is this isn't about really James and them this is about Sax. Mm-hmm. And although it is about James, Sax is involved um in a dirty manner. So yeah, heavily. that kind of gave him that that kind of second wind of like okay, we got another trail to follow. Um but yeah, there Paula's over it, Tamika's definitely over it. Man, when when she when she said that <laughs> She said, "You so you think he killed Terry over you?
1: Like, yo, oh yeah, man, that was funny. The over you, he had already dumped you. Yeah, <laughs> he with was with Ashley about it.
0: Yeah, I've seen Angie. She bad. <laughs> you straight too, but she bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, over you, uh, that was that. <laughs> she she had that one in the. she had been saving that one. She had that one in the chamber for a while. That yeah, it was fun. That it was definitely that. fun. Oh my gosh, uh, um, but." on top of all this, cause we get stellar acting from her and I, her name escapes me. Um, whoever's playing Tamika, her name escapes me at the moment. Uh, meth, Mr. 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 uh, Mr. Smith. Mm-hmm. He, he displayed some really good acting in, in this particular scene, just like outside of, you know, his trying to sell her the, the new black dream team, but like just his, the way he's kind of piecing things together and contemplating, uh, where to go next with certain, you know, certain moves and everything like that. He's doing a great job. He's doing a really really great job. I haven't seen him in much where he gets to like actually act. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen how high and he's probably passed through a, in the background of a few things I've seen, but like I've never seen him do a lot of straight up acting as someone other than someone who knows their method man.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, he's low key a, a pretty good actor. I've seen him in a couple of different things, and he he do a pretty good job. I like him.
0: Yep, so that scene pretty much ends with um, Tamika giving you a F you, pay me, right, get my uh, check." Pretty much all of it in cash. <laughs> uh, and we go to the conjugal visit. So,
1: right, this also lead me to believe that he must be convicted because I don't think they give you conjugal visits if you just await in trial, right. So, I don't know. Um, one let me real quick, let me give a shout out to Mary J Blige. She's almost fifty years old. And mama's still looking good. Indeed. I gotta give her all all, all the credit. All bodies looking nice, faces looking lovely. Just good jeans, good living, I guess. Um, shout out to uh MJB just for being still fine. Indeed. Um, a glass. <laughs> um and then the scene itself. You know, we kind of got, you know, after the the pillow talk. I mean, uh, the pillow action they went to, kind of business talking. He's letting her know, look, the way you're running things is not the way I want it run. Um, you know, I'm still the man, even though I'm locked up in here. And he kind of led into the thing that he wants Drew running things. Um, he wants Drew to be the man to step up and take her place. I guess as the head of the Sahara organization or whatever it may be. Uh, and then he also throws in a little slide marks about like, yo, stop holding on to your daughter so much. I get us your daughter, I get you one of her clothes. But let the girl go to school if she want to go to school. Right. Um, which Monet did not take too kindly to.
0: Right. Um, and we also get the, the validation from him that Kane is unpredictable. Right. Uh, which we've all, you know, we've all agreed with that Kane is unpredictable. nut. And, and yeah. So we we get a real quick scene. Where uh, it's great, you know, paper grades or whatever. And um, real quick, just to kind of kind of touch back on what happened earlier, uh, Tariq is asked to write a paper on the book that they were asked to read, and he essentially changes it up to what he feels the professor would like to hear, um, only to find out that it gets no credit. And uh, he goes and talks to the professor Like yo like, I said what you thought You know what I thought you'd like to hear And he says hey I would have rather been more interested in you Expounding on your your original You know Your your original view of it mm-hmm. Your original take on it um, And then he finds out that he didn't even grade it uh, Jabari graded it Right. And this is where we get the quick Like kind of Cementing that the different world aspect of the show is going to come from Jabari. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he gave him the whole spiel about like, look, you know, you you black and they already have it out against us. So you're going to have to think outside the box. You're going to have to give us the authentic. Um, and what did you feel about that really brief scene?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of annoyed me that he wouldn't that for some reason you write in the paper about an opinion. How are you going to give me a no credit for my opinion? Like my opinion can change. Maybe the professor's words about Socrates swayed me. and my opinion, did change. So to give him no credit didn't make sense to me. Um, I, it didn't, I understand. Like, you know Jabari is the brother man. Uh, he is the you know, and, and he's right to say all this stuff. In in these type of places, you know, we had to fight our way to get here. They don't want us in these places. They didn't ask us to be here. We had to kind of fight, um, and not Tariq, but the generations that came before him had to fight and claw their way into the spots, So we can't you have you just kind of turn it into a just getting by or just doing what you what they want us to do. You got us to keep challenging them. You got to keep standing up to them. Um, and you know, his point was he gave them no credit because you had an opinion and then you instead of staying strong to your opinion, you kind of kowtow. I think I'm saying that right to kind of um, to the to the man just so you can get his good graces and he's like that's not what i want from you that's not what i want from any of these black students so i appreciated that
0: yeah it's like i appreciate it on a on a visual you know on a message level you know as someone that's kind of like he's kind of falling into the role of his mentor. Is i'm not gonna call him his big brother type but his mentor at least academically right um but as someone who takes their grade seriously, nah, bro, you're going you gonna to give me some sort of credit. <laughs> right. Like, like, nah. well, you cannot
1: like uh, my opinion, but you can't give me a yeah. no credit because I especially changed my I opinion. Go,
0: yeah, especially if I completed the the assignment. All right. Like, no, you're going to give me a, a grade, even if it's a, a D or a C. Like, if, if what I wrote still fits in the criteria of being well written and gets my point across, exactly. You're going to give me credit. So that
1: made me mad. Yeah. It made no sense.
0: Like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, still give you no credit as a consequence of not using your voice.
1: See I would have rather gave him like a low grade than Tariq be like bro you gave me like a C or a D." that paper was you know great and then he could have been like well it would have been great if you gave your real opinion but to say right. you get no credit when you turned an assignment in I, I ain't no snitch but I'd have been in at the dean office so fast.
0: <laughs> yeah without a doubt that would, that would never happen at an HBCU and I think the only reason Jabari got away with it was because Jabari's black because if, if the white professor had given that that grade that no credit to Tariq, yeah, Tariq would have been in that dean's office like, "Uh, nah. We have a problem here. He gave me no credit for a 20-page paper that right. I did." Um I I would hate to have to pull out this phone and go live. But um no sir. No sir. Um so we get the home scene. And this was this was probably like kind of one of my favorite scenes on the low. Uh, where Monet comes back from her conjugal visit, Mm -hmm. clearly not de-stressed. She she seems to be in more stress, Um, especially after essentially a doubleheader because she had her night with Ramirez, Mm -hmm. and then she got got it with Lorenzo. So, like, she's stressed. She's stressed, stressed. And um, we get a cool scene because she comes in and she grills everyone. Um, But before she grills everyone, something that happens real quick I don't know if you picked up on it. Drew is drawing yeah and I was like, I, I like that, that small touch. I hope it comes back up but one, the you know not only is she grilling them but I like the fact that they're all even though they're in this they're a part of this life they've seen things, they've experienced things, they've done things, they're all kids right because they all immediately snitch on each, on each other. Like Drew didn't pull his gun. Well, he showed up and and wild out first, and Diane throwing them both. Uh, Diana throwing them both under the bus. Like they're they they they're grown ups to a degree, but like they were they all kind of acted like little kids at that moment. Mm-hmm. What did you feel about that scene?
1: I mean, for one, this was some real good black mamas type stuff. Because only a black mom will come into a room that you, that you know you in. You knew you're in the room, mind of your business, yell at you and then tell you to get the fuck out of her face like you came and bother her. So that, that was the craziest part for me. She she went in there, yell at her kids, put them in their place and then made it seem like they was inconvenienced to her by being in, in her presence. Um, So she checked the boys um, and then she basically told Diane, I don't know what you did with your dad. I, I know you snuck behind my back and talked to him, but it don't change shit. You, your dad in there. I, I'm out here. You live in my house. I run this, and your ass ain't going nowhere. So that was a, that was a real strong black mama thing to me. That, that that reminded me of some real black mama type stuff. Cause she, you know, she just laid down the law. And like you said, even though they are all technically grown, uh, when when mom came in there, you know, ranting and raving, they was quick to turn back into kids. So I really liked them um, that scene. I like M J, uh, um, Merjay's, um, acting in that. 'Cause I think she's not the greatest actor. Um, I don't think anybody on the show is the greatest actor, but I think she's definitely um, improving. So I I liked her scene in that particular one.
0: Yeah. Um, I think they they also the whole Diane thing, it it's also kind of laying that that one little chip that like no matter how much you love MJB, no matter how much you love Monet and her bossness. You need it doesn't need to be hundred percent love because what she's doing to Diana is messed up, right? Because the girl just wants to better herself. Yeah, that's it. That's all, and that's also planting the seed of um, from the first series of you know people wanting to better themselves, not being liked for whatever reason and mm-hmm. being stopped. Um, so we we head back to the dorm and we see that Zeke is that college athlete. He's just there to, to play whatever sport. He's there to play. He's dicking around playing video games, mm-hmm. and Tariq has every right to be pissed. Yeah, um, especially with everything that he's going through.
1: Right, because he, you know, he's coming off getting a failing grade. He halfway get about to know, get kicked out of school, and Zeke claimed he couldn't write his paper, whatever the paper may be, because he was too busy. And come to find out, he's not playing. I mean, I guess he still is proximity, not playing, and his his him being busy busy is playing video games was um, this is the same way he got Zeke he it he kind of called, yeah, called a favor in to make it so yeah. that he, he will bring Monet back okay. yeah.
0: Cause he told him I think he yeah I think earlier in the episode when he asked about the paper and he says like I owe you one he was like yeah I'm calling that in now yeah and that I think that's where it came in okay Um. so meanwhile also on campus we have yet another inappropriate use of office furniture Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and grad students.
1: right? And uh, yet yet another scene that has really nothing to do with anything that the main show is about but they kind of put it in there. I'm hoping for some reason down the line. Yeah, like
0: there's no real uh, there's no real need to build this up. Jabari has sex with a grad student in his office and is clearly heard in the office next door, which means that they're Their romp in the previous episode was clearly could have been clearly heard by anyone. Mm -hmm. It's it's awkward. It's an awkward scene. Um, After he kind of spurs her advances, um, he he aggressively gives in, which is just like, dude, you you should be fired twice by now.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, I saw it coming though. You saw it coming.
0: I did, but like not in the office.
1: I mean, you know, that's always been one of my lifelong dreams, but I've I'm always. Not say,
0: I'm not gonna say it ain't been one of mine, but for the purpose of this show, and I guess you could say representation of black collegiate figures, mm-hmm. this is this is a, a tiny step back because it's it's loud, and poor uh, Car- Car- Professor Milligan, M- Milgram, yeah, Milligan, Professor Milgram, poor her, she didn't have one word in this scene.
1: Right, and she just, just kind of showed up and listened.
0: And, and then had to leave. She just came to... Yeah,
1: I thought, she, I thought we weren't going to see her. I thought we yeah, weren't going to see her thing. the entire episode. And then, I mean, they brought her in just to hear this dude have sex. Just to be tortured. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, I'm trying to figure out where they're going with all this extra attention to these professors. um, Especially, you know, their relationship... At least with the earliest scenes, Tariq is involved. He gave him a bad grade, or they're talking about Tariq. Their romantic relationship has literally nothing to do with Tariq at all.
0: Yeah. And just like I said in the last episode, when when there's a scene involving the two of them, it feels like a different show. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm watching Grady's Anatomy, or I don't like just something a little more melodramatic. And it just kind of feels Kind of out of place
1: Right I mean, We'll see where it goes awesomely Um, To me it was kind of just another You know You gotta have some sex in power So they You know Tariq I think I don't think I don't see any sex scenes Maybe because the actor is so young I mean I know he's an adult Yeah he's an adult But I don't think they're gonna rush to put An 18 or 19 year old um especially this kid in in like a sex scene like they would have did with all the other main characters you know because ghost had a thousand of them uh Angela was half naked half the time I think Notori got naked a bunch of times um I think almost every major character had a sex scene but I don't think that's what they're gonna kind of even though he'll have romantic interests I will be shocked if they put any of those younger younger actors in the type of extreme sex scene so we'll we'll see yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it was a bold move doing the whole thing with Zeke uh, in his introduction. Yeah. Which, but uh, Zeke looked
1: I, like he 45. It's true. And even with that, they didn't really show much. I don't think they showed. I mean, you know, they showed him having sex, but they didn't really show. Like, from earlier parts of this, this show, you know, it was, you know, breast out, uh, all types of butts and bodies and different positions. Like, the sex scenes was like amateur porn damn near like they was changing positions and now I think that was the scene with Zeke was more for shock value with him you know he the quick scene uh, the one position it wasn't really kind of focusing um, as they have done previously on the first power so I'm I'm interested to see if they are gonna keep the sex as high as it used to be yeah
0: time will tell Mm -hmm. Um, so we get a quick scene of Monet running up, uh, running like up a on, nut <laughs> in her, uh, in her dancery heels, <laughs> um, stomping, stomping the, the secret phone that she had.
1: Poor Diane. Um, poor thing. Can't get nut. Uh,
0: we also see that, um, Diana and Monet are, are keeping the spirit of Lala's big ass hoops alive. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. I gotta look at that. Um, I know I know women wear big hoops but I don't know why these just be screaming at me on the screen cause it's just like it just looks I know they're not heavy but like wouldn't they get tangled in your hair I obviously <sighs> don't stop them. me to learn yeah but so we uh, we back at the dorm we get a we get our closing scene Well, one of our closing scenes mm-hmm. I should say where uh, Tariq and Zeke seem to be you know kind of kicking it, they've kind of come to an agreement uh, Monet is clearly there to pick up Zeke for dinner mm-hmm. and um, they have a quick little conversation, like look I know you didn't want to talk to him but I need him, the press conference was a disaster um, I need to stay here and he's he's alright and we get Tariq's business pitch um, pretty much offers to move for her On the campus, right. To which she counters with, after you know obvious resistance, and warranted resistance, she didn't want Zeke anywhere near it. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says, "Look, you can do this, but you can't be anywhere near Zeke, so you can't stay with him." Right, smart, you know, very smart, Um, but just weird because Tariq was out of that (laughs) out of that room instantly. Moved in with Brayden. Well,
1: remember he had a dorm room before he even met Zeke. They end up switching him over to.
0: Right, he's been he's been in like three rooms
1: already. I mean, the two weeks he's been in college. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. That that almost never happens <laughs> with housing. Um, but yeah, he's staying with Brayden. They got their little they little dope spot. Um, how did you feel about that? And I'll let you I'll let you talk about that last scene.
1: I thought, it, I thought she was going to give a little bit more resistance because basically she but I think she kind of knows she's caught up with them GTG boys and because Tariq, like I think if Tariq had came to her it was just like I need to connect but not that money that he had, you No, know, like he came to her with cash in hand and like look this, this is what I made in a night, you know it's a lot of money to be made here I think that kind of made her more willing to kind of be involved in it, especially since he was so quick to like okay I can leave Zeke's you know, I got to live with Zeke no more. That's not a big deal. Um, so, you know, I, I, I thought we were going to have to wait a little bit longer before she became his connect. Um, but apparently three episodes was enough to kind of build up that relationship. Um, you know, then, you know, of course, he, they moved into the other room. Uh, Brayden's still on the stuff. Got a stash spot and everything already. I still don't trust him, but uh, it's going to be what it's going to be. Um, and then kind of the last... The last scene is all kind of tied together. It's involving Tasha. One, she's back to her, fuck everything, I need to get out of here. Do whatever you got to do. Because early in the season, she was like, you know, focus on school. Don't worry about the daycare. I can take care of myself. Now she knows after that mock trial, she really is fighting for her life. Um, So Tariq needs to do whatever he can do to help his mama get out of jail. Uh, So she basically gave him the green light to get fully involved back in the game, which... The, the, the mothers in this particular episode are nuts because they both encourage, are both encouraging their children who could be doing right to do wrong. You know, both Monet, who doesn't want Diane, who could be a, you know, could, even if she don't become a pro basketball player, could, could, if she could enough to go to college, why not let her? And then you got Tasha, who's encouraging her son to keep going down a life that he does not have any business being a part of um so that, that was nuts and then of course we get the final scene with Tariq. uh once again tasha gets a call apparently she just be on i don't know how she's charging that cell phone but it, it, it ain't ran out of juice in <laughs> days and days
0: that. i have not even thought about that
1: but I she still got it that. she gets a call from yeah. tahada uh and basically look tasha your son gonna be workforce now we know you know we know he you know we, we we can touch him you clearly see that we got power and I got power whether I'm in this jail or not and you better make sure he does what we want him to do or he gonna die and that's just how the show ends with Tasha with the shook face as usual
0: yep so yeah um, I I totally agree I I would have liked to seen Tariq work a little harder to get back into their graces mm-hmm. um, it could have been next episode like but I, I wanted him. I wanted him to sweat a little more. I wanted him to squirm just a little bit. Like, what am I gonna do? And then it kind of worked out for him. Like, this was the, obviously where it was gonna end up. But like, I wouldn't have minded it taking a little longer. To you know, him pleading his case and everything. Right. Um, but you know, a little bit
1: more struggle before he got exactly what he wanted. Like exactly. we know he gonna get it because it's a show. There wouldn't be a show if he doesn't somehow get himself involved with a new with the Sahara family. Um, but I, I think they could have found a way to make it less, at least until maybe even the middle of the next episode. to You know, him having to prove himself to Monet or do something, a favor for her or something along those lines. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out ultimately.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all in all, not a big dynamic show. Um, I think <laughs> I didn't have that thought until the credits started playing. And it wasn't some song featuring someone, like giving someone a, you know uh, some time to shine. It was like stock music. I was like, it was it was like some video game music. That's why I was like, yeah, this didn't feel that big, and that's fine. They don't like I said, they don't always have to feel that big. Uh, we we moved a lot of pieces around, and um, now kind of we kind of have to get into a little bit of the meat because now Tariq's employed again. So any thoughts, any final thoughts on this episode?
1: Just kind of repeating what I said at the beginning. It was a strong, I think it was a strong builder episode Um, to build uh, paths or storylines that's going to branch out throughout the rest of the season. Uh, I didn't find it boring. I, I feel like while well, I wasn't full of like actions or shootouts, every episode don't need to have killing or some type of crazy thing going on. I think as long as the story is moving and they're not just kind of doing a filler episode or stalling because I, I feel like a lot of what happened when the season I think 5 when Ghost was in jail they had a lot of just filler episodes that weren't really doing anything and it did come up with some very boring so I, the, the story, the, the, the episode doesn't have to be action packed for it still to be interesting as long as the story is constantly moving forward and I think they did a good job of building new storylines for the rest of the season so I enjoyed it what you think? final uh, thoughts predictions also
0: Again, solid episode think because and because you know power has that that kind of uh, that pattern like if they give you uh, for lack of a better term lackluster episode the next one usually gets pretty wild and although the on the next episode of power preview doesn't necessarily scream out to me at this moment um, I'm pretty sure you know Kane picks right back up to his body count um, because that whole GTG thing that's that's not gonna just go away, especially after he you know blasted the roof. Um, I'm interested in seeing Drew kind of step up a bit more and speak up for himself. And I don't think, I don't think Diana is letting go of the the school angle, like, right? Because she hasn't had a chance to put in the into action what Tariq suggested right. as far as you know telling her what she wants to hear.
1: Yeah, and I think that is her future path is just seeking independence in some type of way from that family yeah. um, so we'll see how that plays out we'll see if that means that she join Tariq's organization as a way to kind of get back at her family or also separate herself from her family so uh, i like to see how her story is going to play out I'm interested in like I said the Tahada family is I'm more interested in them than in what they're going to be doing moving forward to anything Tariq or Tasha has going on I feel like we got a lot of them over the last six seasons of the first series. And, I, you know, I, I still want to see where this story goes, but I'm more, much more interested to in see what happens with Kane, what happens with Monet, what happens to the father in jail, what happens to Diana, and, and even Drew to see does he ultimately step up into that role that they want him to fill as the head of the family. So I'm much more interested in seeing what their storyline plays out than anything to dealing with Tasha or, or Tariq necessarily.
0: With that, that brings to close another episode of the Power Post Game Report. You can find me at Off the Clock Pod, O F F T H A Clock Pod, on pretty much everything Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email me at Off the clock at yahoo.com. Where can they find you, good sir? Uh,
1: POP Podcasts, pretty much everywhere. You can also kind of Google Conversations with Carlos D. I think that'll pop up on some Google searches. But anything PLP, I'm still holding it down. I'm going to get back to doing my regular show one day. Huh. Maybe. Maybe not. Who cares? Um, but yeah, feel free. Of course, like, rate. Actually, I don't care about liking or rating anymore. But if you want to comment, I'd appreciate a comment. I love and comments more than anything else.
0: And even if you don't listen, still click share.
1: You can Absolutely. share. It. it is nice to share that yeah. episode. I know it's hard. Caring caring. It's hard to... Uh, because we take you know especially with, with my journal I took such big gaps between kind of keeping the show consistently so I'm trying to build the numbers back up well you know we do this for fun but we do want people to listen it is better when people actually listen to your product so all the people that all listen we appreciate you thank you um, anybody who has shared this I appreciate that shout out to uh, baby boy podcast BB2 he, he gave us some love on not their, their episode from last week I didn't listen to it too late, but appreciate that he he just appreciate gave some nice you. words, said some nice things about us.
0: That was good, and we appreciate you. And like he to echo everything he said, we appreciate everyone who's still rocking with us. Um, it, there's a billion podcasts, literally thousands, yeah, literally thousands, a billion. Thousands of new ones every day. So if you know you're still with us, we we love you and we appreciate you. Um, tell a friend. And uh, with that, for myself, Triple D.
1: This is also Carlos D.
0: We'll see you guys next time.